And that's why you should always babysit your neighbor's baby. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less in Atlanta, Georgia. I am Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I am Dan Ray. You know, sometimes you got to come through uh, at the last minute. Our next door neighbors were going to see Dead and Company. Their babysitter dropped out. We stepped in and I got a nice bottle of sparkling rose as a thank you. So, listen, you know, cheers to all y'all. Cheers to all y'all and that baby. This last week, I went to see here in town in Greensboro, the touring company of Frozen the Musical. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, of course it, it, it's going to be. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's Disney. It's Broadway. Yep. Yes. Amazing. And, and as a theater kid who Mm -hmm. did my tour on stage for sure, but also did a lot of tech and a lot of behind the scenes stuff. There's a couple of moments where a song would end big. It happened at the end of let it go. Right. And Elsa's like singing the thing. And on her last note, the stage lights all drop. And in the fraction of a second after there's a photo sort of pop. There's like a a, a light pop right on her that just Mm -hmm. lights go down pop. And it was just this, it, it, I can't even tell you the effect that was, was like chilling. It was like something not human. It was a little magical. I don't know. It was, and it happened two or three times in the show on Elsa when like she yeah. ended a song big, this like magic pop thing happened on her of the lights. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. I, that was one thing that was, there was a lot that was amazing about the show. Lots but, of things. Yeah. It was one, one very cool thing. Yeah. I have found that I am, uh. There's something about musical theater that like just hits me uh-huh. in the feels. Oh, yeah. Because we've seen, we were, what was the last? Oh, it was the Matilda musical, the movie. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Ju- I'm just sitting there like everybody's watching it, like our entire family's watching it. And I'm just like, just quietly sobbing to myself. Like, right. it's not a sad part. It's just something about that particular medium yeah. that just gets me. For me, it's that moment. It's that moment where like, Everything's breaking loose, and suddenly she's in a hot air balloon, talking about how it's quiet. Yeah. Oh, I fall apart. Or like that thing where it like zooms out, yeah. where she's like laying on top of the yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's really Just good. This gorgeous little moment where like she's full on dissociating. Like it's it's bad. Like what's happening in the real world? Super bad right now. Super bad. But she's fine because it's quiet, mm-hmm. not silent, but quiet. It's like. Yeah. Oh man. I, I was the same way through that whole frozen show. Cause like, you know, it's about a family that's messed up. It's about a family that doesn't talk anymore. And yeah, I like, I was, I was halfway in tears through the whole first act and then most of the second. Yeah. Yeah. Musical theater gets me hard. Gets me real hard. Yeah. No, sorry. Pardon me. It I said that. Bad. I'm sorry. Tell us more about no, what uh, no, what musical theater I'm, makes you, no, bud. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to. Oh my realized god! After I said it, that uh, I said it badly. I I it, it, it please, gets me in the, in the feels in a hard way. Please just don't cut any of this out. <laughs> I don't know. If I we're beg edit you. That. We're probably going to edit that. I, no, you have to leave it oh, in. Okay. I, we'll we'll, just, we'll put an e on the episode. Who cares? <laughs> no, who gives a shit? Damn. There you go. All right, we, here we go. No, now that's it. We said the S word. Um, on a completely unrelated note, as a person who just loves pop culture and, and music in general, uh, we watched Ready Player One mm. last night. Mm-hmm. And I'd read the book. My son had read the book. And the movie divulged from the source material yeah. just enough yeah. to make it 
entertaining and while not disappointing because it could very well be oh they didn't do this and there was definitely those moments yes. but like, the way they twisted the story it was still super fun yeah and we really enjoyed it my wife and i laughed through the entire shining part <laughs> because again my son had has no frame of reference for that and so when they're like they go in the shining and like they walk into the lobby the of overlook. the overlook yeah and it's just like oh no <laughs> it's bad and so every time something was about to happen, I'm just like cracking up and <laughs> my son does not understand. Right. And then they went into room 273 and I was like, close your eyes. You're going to, it's going to take a minute. It's all going to have to, it's going to have to take a minute. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so other, other than that, what's been going on? I'm looking at a very busy June. I got the Thursday nights all booked up. I'm have most Saturdays booked up. Taylor and I are doing the acoustic duo and it's been a long time since we've done that at a private pool club this Ooh. Saturday. So that's gonna be fun. We have done one at a private pool club before. And when these people reached out, I thought it was like new management at the same place that I already had, but it was not, it was actually yeah. a new, totally cold reach out. So that's cool. I'm now booked there to do the duo this weekend and then the karaoke later in the summer. Um, nice. that'll be fun. And then here's the thing. We've been doing the trivia on Thursdays at this bar in Greensboro called little brother brewing right on the main strip in Greensboro. So it's, you are the soundtrack of a major corner of downtown Greensboro. Um, yeah. this last week for the first time, zero people were there. Hmm. And that's only happened one time before and not at this place. There's usually at least like people around in the bar can hustle up and talk into playing and then they have a great time and promise they'll come back. And for the yeah. most part, I don't see them again because people promise things. I walked in and there was like nobody in there drinking, which has never hmm. happened. And uh, as I set up, nobody came in. And as I got ready to play, nobody came in. And I said, look, I'm just going to do like, a, I'm just going to put some music out the windows. We'll, we'll just see what happens. So I just played solo acoustic for half an hour and nobody came in. And I said to the bartender, like, you know, I, I don't know how you want to handle this tonight, but I don't, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. And he got on the phone with his boss and they agreed to pay me. But this is standing gig is 200 bucks. He yeah. said, how do you feel about 75? And I was like, more than fair. You know, it was a bummer of a night for all of us. Um, Pretty solid hourly rate though. I'll take it. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. More than fair. Like I'd have yeah. taken 50. I'd have taken, I don't know what I would have taken. But so one thing I can say is I, Fully stepped off of my social game around it. Uh, haven't been marketing it. Haven't been advertising it. It's been about like picking up my regulars and they know it from the email list. And so that's something, but I'm going to get back on regularly posting events around it and trying to market it a little better. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a thing that happens. Some old mentor of mine in business one time said, Dan, sometimes you eat the bear and sometimes the bear eats you. Well, which one, uh, what is the bear? Yeah. Well, this metaphor, the metaphor is like, you know, in this case, we didn't kill him. Buried us tonight. So that's how that went, but we'll be back at it next week. And it's cool. Cause I don't have to learn a new theme show. I can just, it was female artists. We'll just do female artists again. Cause I didn't have a chance to play that music. And so there you go. Yeah. That'll be all good. How about you? How's your week? So last week was the finale of this live band karaoke run that we've been doing. Right. 
And this was a unique show on a lot of fronts. And if I'm being perfectly transparent on paper, it sounded like it was going to be a dud. Hmm. So for those of you who have been keeping track, this was a private event for a company that, or an organization that does like summer camps for kids. And it was a daylight midweek dry event hmm. on a Christian college campus for this, 60 This was minutes. the group that had set list feedback for you. Yes. So because it was a church adjacent organization, they had notes. Yeah. So I sent them our live band karaoke list and uh, they sent me back a very red lined revision deal. So they cut probably all of the available songs we had by over half. Mm -hmm. And they did make some additional requests and we landed on three that we could add. Those three were Life is a Highway, Rascal Flats, uh, Call Me Maybe, and there was one other one that I can't think of it. Nope, it's not there. But there was an another one. <laughs> another one. Yep. And we've got 60 minutes to fill. Now... I made it very clear to the client that 60 minutes was going to be tight. Yeah. Because clean, you've got switchovers and you've got signups and that kind of thing. You know, maybe they don't, we don't get a whole lot of them, a lot of people up on stage. And I think on their side, they were a little nervous about the prospect of people signing up mm. because it, you know, it, it, it apparently was for like, college age kids or like freshly graduated high school kids okay. and you know do they understand what live band karaoke is or are they going to vibe with the songs in the song list you know there were a lot of question marks as far as they were concerned uh but this is another one of those things where like production was provided so all we had to do was roll in with with our in-ears and cool. our lyrics and stuff yeah so that was cool uh what was not cool was the lyric database that I had been using crashing uh, the day before the event. Hmm. Um, it was, and, and we were using my company software. And so I'm like literally texting my boss that <laughs> this thing is not working <laughs> and, you know, doing all the things that I would normally tell other people to do. I was doing them myself, mm -hmm. never figured it out. I ended up having to use my personal machine. It, for some reason, it worked on one machine and not the other. Huh. We got it sorted out. Um, but that was a really unnecessary wrinkle in the situation that I did not need. Not only that, we also had an MC who was not experienced with this kind of gig. Huh. This was our neighbor friend who decided to step, who was not decided. She was willing to step in uh, last, last minute because yeah. it was the last day of school. And we had 20 other things that needed to happen while this was going on. Right. But a couple of things, some fortuitous moments happened. Um, one was that our soon-to-be new bass player w uh, rolled in with our drummer. And so I had another warm body who was actually able to uh, operate the lyrics. Uh, and I'll get into why he had to do that and not the MC uh, in just a second. Uh, and also that we kind of had our A lineup. It, was our, it wasn't our current md bass player but it was the guy who was the number one guy before he got too busy hmm. so as far as the band went we were firing on all cylinders we were rearing to go like everything worked out so we we drive to 
almost two hours to this place. It's it's a place called Berry College, uh, which is uh, outside of Rome, Georgia, uh, just out in the sticks for real. Um, I'll, I'll tell you how big this campus is. When I got to the front gate to enter the college, I had to drive three miles <laughs> into the campus <laughs> to get to the performance area. Wow. That's how big it was. The other thing that's weird about this place is that it's a nature reserve. And so there are just casual deer everywhere. Again, midday, nobody's paying anybody's like nobody's paying attention. And there's just five deer here, three deer there, just living their lives, like totally unconcerned with, with the cars driving by or people like in proximity, just casual deer. Casual deer is a band name. It is. All day long. Uh, I now own the URL yeah. to casualdeer.com. Good. <laughs> so we get there, we get set up. Uh, they feed us. Everything's cool. Uh, again, it's a dry event, so no no fun there. Uh, and we basically have two hours to get everything rearing to go. The event's supposed to start at eight. We were supposed to be done by nine because it's an outdoor event. There's a hard cutoff because there's a curfew. We aren't sure what's going to happen. We, you know, we've got a handful of songs that we're going to play as they're coming in and we'll just feel the night out as they're walking out. We start playing sugar. We're going down by fallout boy. And by the time that song is done, the first page of karaoke songs is filled out. Wow. And there were over 500 people that just walked into this pavilion (laughs) And let me tell you, they were there to have a good time. That's awesome. And the crowd response, the engagement, the energy level of this event was out of bounds. Mm. It was, there was just this electricity in, in the air that like, we don't normally get to, to feel, especially at a private event. That's not really how these things work, but to be on stage and literally just bodies as far as the eye can see Mm. and they're jumping and dancing and whatever. And, and the whole thing just went over like gangbusters. So this particularly drab sounding Thursday evening gig turned out to be this crazy fun night for us. Awesome. Um, the other, one of the other things in the karaoke, um, other than stuff that we had prepped for, uh, didn't show up. Cause again, um, we had a, I had a crash scenario where things weren't where they were supposed to be. So in, in the process of doing that transfer over call me, maybe's lyrics didn't make their way over. Hmm. Um, we ended up doing it anyway. And my vocals were very high in the stage front monitor so that I could guardrail them if they get lost or, or turned off, whatever. Uh, but between that and the crowd screaming the lyrics, like the gr- the people on stage had no problem. We're fine. Yeah. The other one that went over really well was Life is a Highway. Like, didn't really think that that would resonate with a bunch of kids that age. But again, it's from the Cars soundtrack. And that's how those kids know that song. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I felt really, really old. I've done, um, I'm a believer. Yep. For a long time. That Again, Smash Mouth and Shrek, is man. It's only valuable because it's on the Shrek soundtrack, yeah. So as you were saying that, the third song was All Star. All Star. <laughs> there you go. That's what it was. Right. And I totally forgot, yeah, but well. you just reminded me. So there you go. It was wild. I've got 
a bunch of footage and then they had a media team that was shooting video and I'm hoping to get my hands on some of that cool. footage. Uh, the other thing that was really funny is that towards the end of the sets, they in between songs, the kids started yelling drum solo like in between every single song. So Nathan got to do like a proper drum solo at the end, okay. which is something again, never happens, never happens, never happens. And it was, yeah, it was, it was a wild night as, as wild as a Christian college <laughs> dry Thursday event could be. That's how wild it was. All right. That's great. And as we were packing up, we, we broke a record. I think we were on the road 30 minutes after last note was played. Sweet. But I did walk up to the guy who booked us and I was like, next time, let's do it for two hours. And he was like, absolutely. Mm. Which means there will be a next time. Right. It was a very well-paying gig and I will gladly take another opportunity to play for a crowd like that because yeah. it was a blast and a half. Awesome. All we need to do is come correct with a bunch of new songs that fall under the category of yeah. what what they need to be. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of clean tunes that... It's the cleanest tunes. So clean. Yeah. But I can't, we can't do so fresh, so clean. Cause that's not clean enough. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that, that summarizes, uh, my, my week so far. That's good. Uh, I have one, I'm going I, to, I have one lesson I learned from gear this week. Okay. I, do, you, do you have something else to say? No, just saying we've got a, th our next thing's coming up, uh, in about three weeks, we got some prep time and some prep work to do, and then we're on to the next thing. So cool. by all means, take it away. So on Sunday afternoon, um, I had a solo acoustic date, three to six, just a chill afternoon. And um, it was at Pig Pounder, the place that I played a lot of times with yep. my current project, my last project. Um, seems like pre-COVID, they were a really hot, happening place. And and now I think they might be a, an afternoon kind of deal, an older crowd afternoon. I think that the vibe has changed there. Um, but- I called a morning rehearsal that day because uh, my bassist Zoe is not available for a gig that we just picked up. And I got a sub um, who is the bassist for uh, a jam band called Viva La Muerte that I played with for, for a while. And he's a super good dude, loves playing covers because he knows them. <laughs> like he's not a deadhead and they keep throwing him dead, you know, stuff. They, like he's kind of over it. So um, we spent Sunday morning from like nine to noon getting the first set together. And he came really prepared, really like I expected to get about a third, half of the way, maybe two thirds of the way through the first set. We got all the way through the first set. And he nice. was, you know, at some point we were into stuff that he hadn't, um, I, I had sent him the PDF of all the charts out of band helper and he'd printed some of them, but didn't, get all the way through the first set and we expended <laughs> his paper and then like, well, look, the next one's a four chord, no brainer. Here, here's how that goes. And then the one after that, uh, it's also a four chord, no brainer. Here's how that goes. So we, we actually made it all the way through the first set, um, which was great. But walking out of that rehearsal, i I was starting to feel like my voice was a little bit like I'd kind of, we weren't using in-ears for that rehearsal because our sub isn't on them. So I had the speaker set up and, um, so I was singing over top of that, which isn't fantastic. And I could, I could feel, I could feel my voice. I could feel my throat. It wasn't great. So I came home, took a little bit of a nap, had a lot of hydration and some lunch and, uh, and went out to the show three to six. And I rolled up feeling like I'm walking into this one a little bit burned already, like a little bit burned out. Yeah. That's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of exertion. 
It is. In a, and, in a single day. <laughs> if I could show you my fingertips at the end of that show, it was that was, yeah, that was torn up good. It was six hours of playing that day. Um, That's a lot. So I pulled out of my my bag a device that I bought a few months ago, thinking this might be a situation I'd be in. It is the Xvive U4 in-ear monitor wireless system. And what it mm-hmm. is, is a transmitter that plugs into an XLR port. And then a little receiver, small, much smaller than the than yeah. the, the Mi Pro that I use, um, that goes on your belt. And um, I'd never used it before. I'd never even really played with it. I set it up here in my house one time and walked around the house and played guitar to myself in it and made my way all the, all the way around the house. No breakouts, no nothing. It's all good. Um, and so I plugged it into the aux out of my Electro Voice M50s. And yep. the M50 has a mixer on the back of it, and the aux is a separate mix. So I could okay. bring my vocals up a little bit more than I really wanted them coming out of the main speaker. Um, and I did the whole first set with in-ear monitoring happening with me acoustic. And I'll tell you, by the end of it, my voice felt great. There was no pushing. There was no nothing. I felt like I was performing really well. And and the feedback I got at the break was that the the mix in the room was fantastic. And uh, it was really good. And then at the break, I felt good and took my in-ears out and just hung them over my shoulders and did the whole second set without them. Didn't need them. It was fine. But um, the thing to take away from that for me is that like... <laughs> In-ears really can solve problems you're having vocally because- 100%. Yeah, it, it prevents you from pushing over top of how the how the room sounds. It prevents you from, you know, I, I didn't really know I had a falsetto until I started using in-ears. Um, and I do. I, I actually can do that if I let the, let the mic do its job and I don't have to try to push a falsetto out. It, it just picks me up. Um, yep. So it was pretty great. Uh, I can, I think I can recommend the Xvive U4 in-ear monitor system. It's uh, it's pretty cheap. It's not yeah. a lot. So one thing to note about those, you do need to be a bit careful because it is one of those 2.4 gigahertz dealies. For sure. And so if you're in a, uh, a busy RF environment or Wi-Fi environment, it could get a little iffy. Absolutely. But like in your case, you're... You know, at a you're at a venue and you're probably no more than five ten feet yeah. from the de- the deal. Yeah, you'll probably be fine. Yeah, and, and I was. It didn't break up once. It sounded great. It's a uh, it's a two hundred and thirty dollar unit. Mm-hmm. I can pretty strongly recommend it. There was every chance that by the end of the first set I would have been hurting bad and then struggling my way through the rest of the show, and mm-hmm. I was not. I felt great by the end of the show. And there you go. So there you go. Looking at them online, used two hundred bucks all yeah. day long. Yeah, well, brand so, new from Sweetwater for two thirty, two twenty nine, and plus the you know the warranty and their all of their stuff. So all right, but yeah, I know a ton of people that swear by those little units, especially for solo work, because they are so kind of low profile and easy to set yeah. up, and yeah. they're not terribly fussy. So yep, just jams right into an XLR. You could set those up coming out of an aux of your mixer if you wanted. Totally. Piece of cake. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they're, it, it seems like every single year, you know, the stuff is getting cheaper and easier to to access and yeah. it's going to keep happening. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be great. And I can easily say 
that I'm able to do what I do because I I've used in-ear monitors for all of this time. Yeah. It helped me learn how to sing higher without singing louder. Right. Uh, it helped me learn how to do all the things that I, I currently do. I, I sing much more consistently mm-hmm. and uh, I can do more uh, than because bef- I, I was a, like in college before in years and stuff. I was blowing my voice out all the time. We go to like the ENT like once, twice a year to make sure I hadn't like destroyed my, my voice. Right. I I get in ears. I actually like take the time to get them dialed in and, uh, haven't had a single issue since really. Yeah. Other than like just being sick as hell. Yeah. Yeah. No, it takes a problem from inside, (laughs) right? Rather than like pushing it, pushing, pushing to come over top of something outside. Yeah. There you go. Big fan, big fan. Awesome. So is it time to do a review? I think so. So we've been talking about the uh, the recent influx of reviews, and they st- they keep coming in. We had another one pop up uh, after we released our episode last week, and uh, we're loving uh, you guys reaching out and uh, sharing what you think. So I'm going to let Dan take this. <sighs> what a privilege. The one we're going to read this week is from Jesse from the band Voodoo Lane. Here's what he writes. Secret weapon for cover band Domination. I've been a weekly listener for a year or two now, and I really enjoy this show. These guys give insanely relevant advice. For instance, I just filed for an LLC for our band last week, and voila, this week's episode is about forming a formal business entity. I've been in cover bands off and on for the last 20 plus years, and I'm currently in the best band I've been in yet. I've taken inspiration from many things I've learned on this podcast and implemented them into what we do. They can teach old dogs new tricks. Love it. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Jesse. It's a five-star review from Jesse from Voodoo Lane. I, I Googled Voodoo Lane. I, I think I found the right band there in Ohio. And uh, yeah, if I, if I, if I, assuming I found the right Voodoo Lane website, I think I have because there is a member of the list called Jesse. Uh, well, there you go. They're pretty freaking awesome. So just check out Voodoo awesome. Lane. Very cool. If you want to uh, have your band shouted out on the show, leave us a five-star review. It's pretty easy to do. Uh, I'll let our uh, wrap-up explain how to do that yeah, uh, we Mike's can just move it. on to the next Mike's thing so the big thing that we wanted to talk about this week we, again we sometimes we have to rack our brains on what we want to talk about and other times uh, you guys inspire <laughs> the topic and this week is an example of of that um, in the patreon slack we had a very monumental thing happen Within 24 hours, two of our patrons became first-time fathers. Yeah. And on top of just being uh, so excited for these guys and wanting to support them and show our, we love the guys that that tune in every week and support the show, um, we also are in that club. Yep. And whenever we have had... Um, Folks come into the group. We've, I mean, we've had a lot of first-time dads that have been around. Uh, John from Level Up in New York is another example of a, another first-time dad that's popped up over the past twelve months. And oh, Mike. so we figured it was a really, yeah, Mike Schulte, another great example. I think it's worth having a conversation about the dynamics of being a working musician who's also a parent. Yeah, I've got two boys, eight and twelve. So I've been at this kind of parenting while playing 
thing uh, longer than some, but I mean, geez, there's, there's guys in this group that are, you know, oh. they're empty nesters. They've yeah. been through the whole process. So uh, I won't speak as an expert, just, you know, from my experience. Now, in, in my case, when our eldest was born, I was still touring as a, like a professional original musician. And um, it became very clear, very quickly that that kind of schedule and lifestyle wasn't going to work in my situation. And I wanted to be around to see my kids. And I know that a lot of the issues that people have in their relationships when it comes to performing is the time away. Yep. And when my band folded, it became pretty clear that I wasn't going to pursue getting back on the road with another group and that I just needed to stay local and figure out what I wanted to do next. And, you know, in that situation, I ended up getting plugged in with the guys from Yawak Review and started working around town as a fill-in guy and just finding my way into the corporate band cover band kind of scene. Uh, and then as that kind of progressed, I was able to uh, bring my wife into that situation. And now we get to work together. And that definitely helped with some issue. If time away is the big sticking point that eliminated that issue, but it introduced a completely new issue around the logistics of finding childcare. Right. Uh, when both of the parents are playing gigs all the time, that was a unique challenge, but we've now leaned into our community, yeah. our, our tribe of people. And we leaned into, uh, parents and grandparents and brothers and sisters and neighbors and babysitters. And we, we cashed in a lot of chips yeah. as far as relational capital goes. Yeah. At this point, our boys are old enough where we can sometimes, not all the time, uh, let them stay at home mm -hmm. or sometimes they come along yeah. and they help out. So that's been a really cool development in my kind of journey as a, as a parent. Now, granted being in a band you would think is kind of a cool thing, but as soon as your dad does it, it's not <laughs> cool at all. So I get very little cachet yeah. um, other than my, my, uh, my my son's being able to go to cool events like the we did that Southern Fried Gaming deal where there's all those free arcade games and right. that kind of stuff. It's the only event that like my kids are like hounding me about wanting to go to. Uh, otherwise, they they typically couldn't be bothered. But any public event where it doesn't end at like two in the morning, we'll have them out. You know, we'll have them help out and do a two duties and all of that stuff. And cool, it's it's been really cool. That's good. So what about you? So I have a nine-year-old daughter and I played acoustic at the, there was a school picnic that one of the moms in the PTA who was organizing it reached out to me. And it turns out she's actually, I knew her because she was one of the owners of the little brother brewing where I'm doing the Thursday nights. She hired me for that. And so she reached out to me and said, Hey, would you come, would you do the music at this school picnic, which I have been to as a dad for years Mm -hmm. Um, I talked about Chuck folds a few episodes back. Yes. We, yeah. Chuck and his band ben played it a couple brother. of years ago yeah. and other local sort of really great artists who I've loved have been there in, in other years. <laughs> this year was me and, um, there you go. I was really honored. Um, and a kid who graduated from that elementary school a couple of years ago opened for me. 
I think I talked about that mm-hmm. on the last episode, um, which was also great, super cool kid and amazing to be in his space. And as I was playing that show, my daughter came running up on stage and hugged me real quick and ran away. And I was like, yeah, that's that. There you go. That's the thing. Like it was going to go one or two ways. She was going to be mortified. <laughs> right. That That's her, probably coming. Don't worry. I'm sure. Or she was going to be proud. And it turns out for now, at least she's proud. A couple of months ago, we were playing a show at a place in town that really had no business booking us and a date that went until 10 PM. They're not a 10 PM kind of venue. Um, by the time we were done, or approaching the end of our set, who was left was my regulars, my family, and my daughter's best friends. All, all that was left. And they'd been bugging me all night about singing some Taylor Swift. And so, and we don't have any Taylor Swift on our set list. We were unprepared sure. for that. Um, but I know Shake It Off all day long. And so um, <laughs> I let her and her two little besties come up and sing on mic shake it off and i walked the band walked the bassist and drummer through this tune that eh, there's not a lot to it it's a three-chord song but and they totally adored that it was the best thing ever so right now as a band person who is a dad i am pretty much winning now i'm sure the time will come when that will end and and my coolness will be over but uh but right now we're doing all right doing all right for how far that goes and uh and there's still always the time away factor. Thursday yeah. nights, we, we've had to build our weekly routine around my Thursday night trivia. Um, yep. We built it around the Wednesdays when it was Wednesdays for a long time. And then that changed. And so the whole house had to reorganize around the change of that date, which took a few conversations to make that okay. Um, I don't like to be a dictator of how my house goes, but... Um, here it was. I had this opportunity and we talked about it and we made it work. Um, you know, kid right now goes to bed at eight ish to bed at eight lights out at like nine ish asleep, hopefully by nine 30. Um, which means I'm back from the trivia in time to go kiss her on the head before she's fully asleep. So that's a good thing. We like that a lot. Um, and, and frankly, at this point I'm closing in pretty fast on 50 years old and I don't really need to do the 10 to two gig anymore. I'm kind of over that really any, anyone who's, (laughs) if you're over 30, I fully endorse you no longer doing the 10 to two gig. Um, but it means that I, I tend to land back at home in time to have the night not be fully over for my family and I can check in with them and have it be daddy's back and it's all good. So right now brought- being a band dad is a pretty cool thing. Cause I, I am st- still regarded as a, you know, it's cool. Um, and I can make it work for all the various, um, ways that dadding needs to happen around the house. You know, well, you brought something up that is, I think worth kind of putting focus on. Yeah. And it was, um, the people around you have to take a lot into consideration to accommodate for sure what it is that you're doing. Absolutely. And I don't know if musicians as a species are very good at articulating their gratitude for that kind of thing. 100% not. 
But I think that it is something that is a hundred percent worth the mm-hmm. time and effort to articulate back to the the people in your tribe, for the sure. people in your family, your spouses, your partners, um, for the amount of accommodation they may provide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do so much to make that work for me, for me, for no, for nobody but me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't know. There's this whole kind of persona of the lifer musician that, for unfortunately just involves you getting divorced something was more important to you than your marriage than you're on to you're chasing this thing that's never appealed to me right you know ultimately i want to be a married person with kids who in a relationship with my with their mother and um part of that involves being grateful and considerate in in order to keep that relationship yeah. uh, in a healthy spot, yeah, and um, it's hard. Even with both of us working, sometimes I take side stuff, and sometimes it's like it's not a big deal at all. It's like, yeah, go, who cares? Just fine. And other times it's like, well, this is impeding other things that could be going on in the house if you were here, and you've got to be willing to, um, you know, to either turn stuff down or, you know, find ways to make it up. Like, like you were saying, you know, trying to find pockets of time or, uh, activities or nights that you have to kind of coordinate in order to make up for nights that you're out of the house. Absolutely. Ready player one was, was a sticking point. Hmm. We had to watch the movie with our eldest before the end of the weekend, because it wasn't going to happen on Thursday, the last day of school when it was supposed to happen because this gig popped up. So we, we had to move things around and make it happen. So we didn't podcast on our normal night That's right. and we didn't podcast the next night because yep. of all the other things. So you have to, you got to be flexible. You got to be doing the things that you got to do in order to keep the, uh, keep people happy and, totally. and make sure that uh, you're fulfilling your obligations as a, as a parent. Yep. And as a partner, our Wednesday night is date night. It is inviolable. You, thou shalt not change date night because- nope. You know, so much other stuff needs to be flexible if you're going to do what we do. And um, everybody needs to be ready to. So I was reached out to by Bull City Cider Works, which is, I did the trivia at their Lexington shop, the Greensboro shop, who I've played at a lot of ways, reached out and said, Hey, could you play our anniversary party? And it's uh, June 17th. And I was like, June 17th? That sounds familiar. Oh, that's my anniversary. And so it's a hard no. Well, I talked to my wife about it and said, listen, you know, I got this opportunity. I don't have to say yes to it. I guess I kind of like to, I don't have, you know, but it is our anniversary too. And you know, we're in the 20 somethings of years of our anniversary. So it's not like they mean less, but it's not that big a deal as it's not a round number or anything. Um, and she said, yeah, no, we'll celebrate around it. It's fine. It's fine. Do it. So I took the gig. I took the gig and, um, no collateral damage up to this point. (laughs) No, I was watching closely. I was watching closely and I have entire faith that there was no subterfuge in that. No, it's fine. Take it. Um, so I do plan for her to be there. I plan for 
meet, I plan to shout out as frontman that, you know, this is anniversary in two, two ways. <laughs> please, please celebrate both of them with us. Um, and then we'll do something fun the, you know, the, the weekend before or after it's fine. Um, but you have to communicate these things. The number of times I've changed things up on her with, because something that was important to me happened and I wasn't responsible for, um, what that change would mean for her. Um, over the number of years we've been together is huge. And if I can give one piece of advice to my family men, my parents, my dads who are in bands is don't do that. Don't, don't mess with that, which is a totally different thing from like communicating. Here's an opportunity. I'm not attached to it. What do you think? Having that conversation and working it out together. That's a whole other thing from like, oh, sorry, honey, I booked a thing. Yeah. Yeah, communication is super important. And also, I think we as uh, this is not just a musician thing, it's kind of a freelancer thing. Mm. The fear of saying no yeah. or turning work down yes. can be kind of terrifying. But I found that saying no isn't hasn't necessarily impacted my ability to work when I want to. No. Some stuff, yes. Other stuff, no. I used to get calls a lot more for solo acoustic stuff, but it, it was always like an inconvenience. And it was always last minute. Yeah. And those things just tended to put my wife out very short notice, which is not cool. Right. And so if I'm getting less of those inquiries, like that's not the necessarily a bad thing. I yeah. don't particularly care for them uh, as much either. So right. it is what it is. Yeah. It's one of the things that we have to understand in order to be in in a relationship is that um, their needs, their desires are absolutely as valid as ours. Mm -hmm. And because ours looks like work, <laughs> maybe it seems more valid to us, but it's not. It doesn't make it that way. Nope. Yeah, it's, it's give and take. And... Uh, I have, there's definitely been gigs that I've regretted turning down, but I have less of those than I do moments where I was glad that I stayed or, you know, honored my kids or my yeah. wife by being around. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully more of those than the ones that you went and played the gig and then regretted it. Yeah. Yeah, res and res you know, resentment's a, a tricky thing, and it's something that you've uh, you've got to be got to keep under wraps. So always find time to it. If, if you're taking time out of somebody's somebody else's time, then you need to make opportunities to make that time up. Yeah, and if you can do that, you can. You don't have to stop. Yeah, I know a lot of people. There's this kind of thing that w they they think that when when you become a parent you have to put certain things aside, and that may be true to a particular degree, but I still feel like I'm the person that I was uh, before I had kids, and yeah. I'm doing the things that that make me happy. Yes, and and give me you know creative fulfillment, uh, but I am doing them in a way that honors the people that I 
am responsible for and are counting on me. Yep. And it's made me a better person. I was talking with uh, a 20 year old college student that was about to graduate and she was just saying, I don't think I want kids. And I was like, 20 years old, I was an absolute dog shit human being. <sighs> and a lot of times people are like, oh, you know, to be younger again. I don't think no, so. No. I, I don't want, <laughs> that guy kind of sucked. <laughs> like he was, his hair looked great. Yeah. And he was, he was, uh, yeah. he was in pretty good shape. So while I would definitely trade to look like the person that I was 20 years ago, <laughs> I would not go back yeah. to that time in my life because I, I'm definitely much more uh, even keeled, satisfied, fulfilled, and less volatile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just say. No, I think, I think back to who I was then. Uh, I'm so much more um, patient, generous. No, I just like who I am a lot more now than I was 20 yeah. years ago. Yeah. So yeah, in conclusion, you can be a dad or a mom and still uh, still rock out when uh, when the time is right. Here's my one piece of parenting advice. Okay. Do what works. Mm -hmm. You're going to get all kinds of advice from all kinds of different directions. Do what works. And then yes. when it stops working, change it. Right. And your situation isn't everybody's situation. Exactly. So be willing to listen to other people, but, you know, trust your gut yeah. when it comes to your particular situation. Yeah. Uh, because you're the only person in, in that situation besides the person across from you. Your tiny little baby is going to have the particular things that it needs in order to get put to sleep. It needs his butt padded in a particular way. It needs to be bounced in a particular way. And no other baby needs it just like that. But you'll figure it out because that's what will make your baby stop screaming. So it's true. figure it out. Do it. Do what works. Don't take advice. Do what works. The way I always said, said it was that uh, parenting was, parenting is life's next great adventure. So if you're entering the fold, um, you know, welcome. It's going to be the hardest and potentially the most rewarding thing you've ever done. Yeah. But, uh, you're going, it is one of those, like it's the school hard knocks. Like there is no, <laughs> there's not a book. There's oh. not a video series. There is nothing that yeah. can prepare you for what you're about you, to do. Yeah. You only figure out how to do it by doing it wrong. Yep. And then you go, you, and you really only think, realize that you figured it out by looking back <laughs> and be true. like, I don't suck at this nearly as bad wow, as I did a year yeah. ago. Something's actually kind of working here. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, congratulations to all the new parents yeah, out there tough. in our listener world. Specifically, I want to shout out Adam Moskowitz. Mazel tov. You know, the literal, like, Burt Reynolds of the cover band world. <laughs> He, he and his partner just had their baby. And then Michael Harris from Diamond Avenue also had their first baby. Yep. Congrats to those guys specifically. And if, uh, if you are also a new parent, who's also a musician, let us know about it. Hmm. Coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you want to hear about tips 
regarding diaper changing while guitar string changing. Listen, I'll tell Join you. Join the Patreon. I was a swaddling ninja. I could swaddle that child tight like a drum. You got to get her tight. Tight so the arms can't move, legs like can't move. Tight. That's the point of swaddling. And uh, yeah, she would just conquer it out. It was the best. Fantastic. All right, folks. I think that'll do it. It's quite a, this is a bit of a heavier conversation. Not heavy. No, but, but important. Serious. I think important. Er, yeah. I think so. So um, we're super stoked, each and every one of you, for tuning in every week. Uh, we want to help you go further faster and we want to share in your successes. So uh, share them with us. Or you can do any of the stuff that our good buddy Mike Schulte is about to tell you. But that being said, I will go ahead and call it for this week in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of June 2nd, 2023. Hey everybody, it's Mike Schulte from the worst name band in America, the Pork Tornadoes. I listen and love this show and apparently you do too because you made it this far. No one makes it this far, but you did, which means that you owe Adam and Dan. This podcast is free and you consume it to its fullest. It's time to pay up. Here's three things you need to do. A, you have to leave them a review on your podcast platform. You're already in the app. Click five stars right now. Write some words. Done. While you're there, share this episode to a fellow musician. There's a share icon on your podcast app. Text it to him and say, you need to listen to this. You need to get better. You're not a good musician. This will help you. Two, you have to follow them on your social media platforms. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Go find them and follow. And D, everything I just said is free and it's the least you can do. But here's where you can really support you. Join the Patreon. This is where you can actually support this podcast that you cherish so much. A small monthly donation gets you access to the Slack channel, which is the best place to be if you're a musician who wants to take your band to the next level. You have some of the best musicians giving advice and helping you out, and it's just a great overall community. Do it. I'm serious. Do it now. Do all these things, or else the Pork Tornadoes will come to your town, book a show the same night as your band at a different bar. I'm serious. We'll do it. <laughs>